Welcome to the Sensualchemy School podcast, where we explore grief, pleasure, and the sometimes messy, always beautiful paradox that exists between the two. Here, as we center the experience of our wise bodies through the archetypal feminine, we ask, within a culture that perceives emotional, intuitive, and creative intelligence as inferior and avoids pain at all costs, what if grief were our compass and pleasure our medicine? My name is Kate Leeper, and I'm so grateful you're here. Well, hello, my dear friends. How are you? I've got to say, it's been quite the ride over here at Sensual Alchemy HQ these I want to say last few weeks, but I don't know. I feel like it's been over a month. (laughs) How's it been for you? Have things felt intense and like all you want to do is nestle into a quiet, dark, warm place and just switch the hell off? (laughs) Oh, that's just, yeah, that's been the vibe I've been feeling into lately. And and I know that it's... um, it seems pretty common right now. And I, I wonder if it is that sense of coming, you know, into the last quarter of the year and the world kind of wants you to get faster at this time of year. And and yet our body seemed to really want to go slower, right? It's it's this uh total contrasting challenge. So anyway, <laughs> I I guess it's probably a nice invitation as well. If you are looking for a bit of soul tonic, I do have a beautiful gift, this luscious, cozy audio experience available on my website. So if you haven't yet accessed it, go and get it. It's called Beheld and Behold. And I have received feedback that it's been super nourishing and a really grounding resource for those days where you just can't seem to catch a break. So go and yeah, sign up. You'll find it at kateleeper.com. I'll also pop it in the show notes. We need these, these resources, these things we can call on. I, I guess I wanted to, you know, share really what's been going on for me. And some of the reminders that have really hit home for me as I've kind of navigated this last month, and hopefully they'll be helpful for you too. I guess, you know, to start in my personal life, things have been pretty up and down. Um, And that's really because since my sister Sarah died in April 2019, every year when it approaches her birthday on September the 30th, my entire physical and energetic system just shifts. And I guess I really should be better prepared for this shift by now because it's been a few years of anticipating her day of birth without her being alive and here, obviously, to celebrate it. But once again, this year, it's like an inevitable tsunami of grief just begins to approach when this date comes closer. And this year, it just, again, took me by surprise. 
Of course, the grief of the actual day didn't surprise me. It never does. But what blows me away is how the body remembers the entire month leading up to it. And then there's like a grief, there's a, I guess I can call it grief hangover the week afterwards. And in my case, at the beginning of September, I begin to feel emotionally fragile and really foggy, like a super brain fog that makes even the smallest decisions feel impossible. I start getting really regular flashbacks and memories, and this can prevent me from sleeping, which again adds a whole other layer of brain fog. And although I would certainly describe the events surrounding my sister's death as highly traumatic, with loads of somatic therapy I've done to support the post-traumatic symptoms, the flashbacks I get now are less inclined to send my nervous system into a state of overactivation or into a freeze. But now because my body is so used to being with and welcoming these complicated emotions, the memories are now just so heart-shatteringly painful. So to let them move through requires space and reverence, which as a mum to three little ones, takes such intentional effort. So it all adds up. Yeah. And I wanted to share what was happening for me these past few weeks for a number of reasons. Firstly, because I speak and coach women through the lens of creative feminine leadership, which employs a deeply embodied and wholehearted approach to being of service and leading others from a place of humility and humanness. It's fundamental that this idea of meeting our grief edges, both individually and together in community, as well as acknowledging our limits when life feels way too much, is understood as pivotal to leading with embodied integrity. So I'm not here to pretend that I have my grief and pleasure all worked out. You know, I'm not here to sell you my formula for a shiny pain-free life because I found the magic elixir to eliminate all sorrow, which if you do come across people spooking that kind of message, please run. And as a side note, also listen to last week's podcast episode on embracing your darkness for tips on how to avoid high vibes only leaders. <laughs> but no, I see my soul work, my gift as being a person who can walk with you, is able to hold you in your absolute humanness, your grief, your desires, and your vision for change, your vision for what is most beautiful and brilliant to you and in you. And I can do so and do so willingly because my devotion is in the knowing of love as deeply as my knowing of grief. My practice is in learning to relate to my grief in ways that source and sustain love in my life and to support others on this path as well. And so I guess the biggest lesson for me last month when my grief began to pull my attention so forcefully that 
I recognized I'd really overstepped some of my limits. What I'd taken on during a time where my body and my heart and my energy really needed me to slow down and curl into fetal position frequently, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was a bit of a wake up call. Yet the hyperachiever in me was so reluctant to let go of all the things I'd previously said yes to. It was such a process of loving accountability on my part to lean into my grief and the knowing that lived there over moving away from it because it was just too honest and confronting. It really took some loving but firm words from some people who care about me to reinforce what I already knew and then to move through a process of letting go of some big commitments, some goals and you know, the kicker, of course, how I envisaged the way things should be as opposed to how they were and what my capacity really looked like. You know, sometimes I think we're more willing to burn ourselves out than lean into the raw honesty of our grief. Burning out is almost more socially acceptable It's certainly more normalized than choosing to nudge ourselves closer to our sadness in order to hear the truth of what our body needs. And our bodies, they do ask a lot of us, and so they should. They are the instrument that dictates our capacity for love. If we can't lean into our sorrow, then we probably can't also lean into love as much as we long to. So today I wanted to share with you some of how, as a recovering overfunctioner who lives with complicated grief consciously and intentionally, I'm meeting my limits, the needs of my body and my heart in these times that can just be a lot globally, communally, relationally and individually, a lot. And I'm sharing these things through the frame of creative feminine leadership because I know many of you who listen to this podcast and or have worked with me are women who are passionate and ambitious or work with others in a helping, healing, supportive and innovative capacity. So not only is it fundamental that you get really comfortable feeling uncomfortable with meeting and honoring your limits for the sake of your own health and vitality, it's extra important when your soul work, the work in the world that lights you up and brings you joyful, meaningful purpose, relies on you taking your embodied intelligence seriously. Okay. So here are my two reminders to help you honor your limits when life feels like a lot. The first reminder I invite you to receive is a painfully annoying one, but one that helps me nonetheless. It's that the only constant is change. But I want to go further here and add that where life around us is changing constantly, So are we, both in response and in our own rhythm. We are literally a new iteration of ourselves every year, every month, every week in some ways, every day. I think 
when we particularly high achieving types are susceptible to the oppressively rapid rate that culture pressures us to move at, regardless of change, we can feel like if we press stop or pause, we're going to miss out. We're going to be left behind. So for me, it comes back to making a really intentional choice. It's either my body or the culture. I have to remember that my body is my instrument in this life and where everything is spinning around me, my body is too changing and communicating its own set of needs. So where externally there are timelines and deadlines and obligation, my system has its own agenda. And these two forces, not for want of trying sometimes, will not always match up. And as women, each and every one of us will be impacted by our body's agenda. An obvious one here is our menstrual cycle or whether we're in a season of pregnancy and postpartum or perimenopause or menopause. On top of this one element of our instrument, every single day, our body may have a different requirement to feel taken care of. That might be our physical health, mental health, emotional health, our stress levels, our living situation, financial situation. What we gain and what we are losing, you know, every day, what what we're noticing is flourishing and what we're noticing is dying what we're excited about, what we're anxious about. All these things are often in flux. Well, they're always in flux, I guess. And whether we have, you know, something like our our in-laws staying with us one week or we're on a vacation the next, this will impact our body's needs, what our body really requires from us or has the capacity for. Now, here's the thing, the constant motion and complexity of life will never change. This is a given. So my reminder here is that where we never know where life will take us and in the reality that some obligations and responsibilities are simply ours to contend with, right, as a person of society, we can choose to tune into our instrument, our body, as the vessel of our soul, as the pace setter in ways that honour our cycles, seasons and our changing desires, the new information realisations that keep dropping in, even within a culture that insists on a speed designed for robots. Our culture is aliveness sapping and we get to choose to be aliveness enhancing creatures. So in the context of your work in the world, I believe that creative feminine leadership is about building the shape of your soul work while keeping a loose hold on your most ideal outcome. It's this tending to your vision through the continual cycles and evolution of you and life around you with more committed focus on the essence and qualities of your desires, as opposed to a white knuckled clutching onto the picture of what you're convinced is enough to be successful. In the leadership work I do with women, it's as much a process of deconditioning and reimagining as it is a practice of 
prying apart their ideal outcome from the desired qualities of what they wish to cultivate in their creative expression and the way they serve that allows for so much more flexibility and adaptability to change. Ultimately, this is integrity in action. When we let our body lead and tend to the needs that arise as they arise, the outcome will always feel better. Even if it means, like it did in my case this month, that offerings are withdrawn and obligations aren't followed through. If you're not so worried about keeping up with the harmful timelines of a linear culture, if you are able to accept that change is inevitable, you'll be able to move through the loss of a rigid outcome with more ease and grace prepared to meet the new possibilities that come to the surface. This has been such a beautiful permission and embodied remembering for me personally. And I love witnessing the liberation, this reframe and nervous system healing brings about in my clients as well. Okay, so the second thing I really had to get honest with myself about over the last month is this idea that If we are wearing a mask or multiple masks, if we are showing up in our relationships or to our work underneath a huge layer of pretense, we will send ourselves into burnout or breakdown. I'm really speaking to how when we soldier on past our physical, emotional and psychological limits, we're actually selling ourselves short by losing opportunities for true, deep connection that can heal not only our wounds, but make space for our loved ones, our peers, and those in our communities to see their own potential for healing as well. Let me ask you, how often in the teams you work in or in the business you've created yourself, do you feel you're able to show up and tend to at least to some extent, your embodied needs publicly. How possible is it for you to be congruent with how you're feeling, how life actually is for you, and how the ways you're expected or required, quote unquote, to present yourself? I know many of you will feel under immense pressure within your workplace or within the structure and image of your own business, or even in the context of your mothering to put on a face or an act to keep up appearances. Where I find it unacceptable, yet so normalized to suffer in silence or pretense in workplaces where we are managed by others It's just amazing how many entrepreneurs or creatives also suffer within businesses they've established themselves. How disempowered we can feel by the confines of what we initially desired to be this wonderfully free, abundant offering to the world. As an example, where this shows up for many coaches, facilitators, teachers and healers, for example, can be in the enormous inflated promises that modern online marketing asks us to declare to our clients that immediately sets 
an unrealistic bar for all involved. And also with this idea that we must have conquered all our demons to be able to effectively support another human being. For instance, if you are a relationship coach or therapist and you built the infrastructure of your business at a time when you were in an incredible relationship that felt healthy and fabulous and so guiding others in this area felt easeful and justified. But then something happened to change and challenge the relationship and everything fell apart. All of a sudden, maybe you freak out because how can you guide others towards a thriving, loving relationship when you are no longer in that space? Well, this is where traditional leadership models would steer you to either shutting that shit down and slinking off stage right, already applying for new jobs in a new industry, utterly humiliated, or pretending that everything is fine and masking up to your clients or your audience, continuing on in complete performance mode, because the worst thing you could ever imagine is to be found out as a failure or that you weren't the guru of love you profess to be. And yet I feel we have such an opportunity when these things, heaven forbid, life changes occur when we serve others. Whether you're the midwife who ends up having a traumatic birth or the naturopath who can't get on top of the autoimmune disease, or the psychologist who has developed extreme anxiety. It's all the same opportunity. Our best work in the world, our most nourishing and intimate relationships can only come to life when we take off the masks and face up to where we are severing connection and harming ourselves and our growth in the process all because we have this idea that if we reveal our humanness, we reveal our fallibility, we'll be unworthy in some way. And surely we can't be helpful then for another human. Yet here is the kicker. Our gifts can only come forward and be sustained when we are able to fully express ourselves. When we allow ourselves to be seen, true to our nature and the season of life we're in, our gifts can emerge. And as I spoke to earlier this past month, I found myself with a heavily reduced capacity at a time where I was set to teach a new online program and prepare for training I planned to deliver from January next year. You know, things that I was so pumped to be doing a couple of months ago. And once upon a time, I wouldn't have even considered pulling out of those obligations, if only to myself. I wouldn't have been able to give myself the grace or to trust my body as it spoke its limits. I would have followed through because that's the kind of person and professional I am. (laughs) But since I opened the Sensual Alchemy School, and I, I guess I turned towards this deep calling, working with embodied grief and pleasure healing for real. You know, this had been bubbling away for some time, but I really kind of stepped into that. Now, if I just deny even the slightest nudge that tells me I'm not on the right path, it just feels wildly out of integrity to ignore it. 
to abandon my body and to move forward with anything that dishonors my grief and asks me to put on a mask is just not going to happen. And I, I understand that I'm in a very privileged position to be able to, to do that. You know, we are unfortunately living in a society where dishonoring our needs is usual practice because people need to work and pay bills. So, you know, if you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place when it comes to overriding your limits, because you have to show up to work or, or within a relationship that keeps you and your family safe, fed and housed, I don't want you to see this work as, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. My invitation to you is to revisit these reminders, particularly the first one, and check in with yourself as to where you might be super attached to a vision or an outcome without being honest as to how your capacity has changed or without taking the time to question your vision and tune into what your heart really genuinely desires. I feel like honesty with ourselves when it comes to our limits and what we may need to let go of is the first phase and probably the hardest phase for a high-functioning overachiever. When we're truly honest with ourselves and begin to hear our bodies as allies instead of enemies, this in itself can bring up a lot of grief. The actual letting go and the active shift towards what you really want and actually need can often be easier because the clarity that comes from the honesty, it then drives you. It's that old situation where once you've faced the truth and you can't unknow it, a new path takes shape. And it's that integrity that moves things forward. So my love, these two loving reminders really illustrate that creative feminine leadership is at its core about devotion. How do we trust, revere and follow the guidance of our body against a culture that wants us to ignore, bypass and undermine it? particularly if you are integrating loss right now, and this has been responsible for lots of change in your life, how can you choose greater devotion to your needs and desires so your path becomes clearer and more sustaining and sustainable? So you don't need to be exhausted by wearing all the masks and succumbing to all the shoulds. Well, that's all I have for today, beloveds. And I did want to mention that I do have some rare one-on-one coaching spaces available as we move into the final months of this year. There are two pretty distinct paths that you can take with me. The first one being the Embodied Grief Alchemy Pathway and the second being the Creative Feminine Leadership Pathway. And so they definitely overlap but there is absolutely a um, yeah a different flavor between the two. So if you're intrigued about either of these coaching and mentoring packages, and you're keen on you know some more details, just want to suss it out, the best way forward is to find me at kate.leaper on Instagram and shoot me a DM, and I will reply with all the info that you need. 
Amazing. All right. Well, as always, please do share this episode with anyone you might feel will benefit. Anyone who might be overstepping their own boundaries, needing to kind of intentionally begin to let go of something. And I am also super thankful to receive your feedback as well. So if you feel in the mood to write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would so love that. It would be an epic gesture and it would help me to keep crafting content that can support you. Okay. Keep honoring those limits and letting go to grow my loves. Until next time. Thank you for joining me today on the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. If you found this episode supportive or something landed for you here, please share it with your friends, family, and anyone who you feel might benefit. If you're loving this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to ensure that we can keep bringing you the conversations you need. And if you want to connect, please find me at kateleeper.com or over on Instagram at kate.leeper. I'd love to hear from you.